Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 225. Today's topic is Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, Part 26. The Climate Report is a daily radio show and podcast that asks the question, WTF, who's running the world and why do they want to ruin it for the rest of us, including their own children? It's really kind of bizarre when you think about it, how bound and determined some people seem to be to destroy the world for profit and for accumulation. It's like we're not going to pay any attention to science. And we're going to set the stage for a world that nobody wants. We need to understand who is in charge, who is is truly in charge. If you're an American, you've been taught that we live in a democracy and the people are in charge. And if you're an American, you've been taught that America is about spreading freedom and democracy all over the world when exactly the opposite is true. That's why on the Climate Report, we question everything. We question everything we've ever been taught, including you know what we've been taught about American politics, what we've been taught about American history, what we've been talking about, taught about what kind of economic system we live in, what we've been taught about American culture, what we've been talk about, taught about the United States' role in the world. We need to question everything we've ever been taught. Also, on the Climate Report, the Climate Report is a thorough examination of how to solve the problem of climate change. And it's also your definitive source for information and analysis related to the Green New Deal. The views expressed on this show are those of the speaker and no one else. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. So we're reading through Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, and we're at the part of the Green New Deal where it's talking about a just transition for frontline communities. So in the Green New Deal, just transition means that we are going to have to make a dramatic change, and we're going to have to have a massive mobilization, and that mobilization will not repeat not be at the expense of workers. The massive mobilization will not, repeat not, be at the expense of people of color. The massive mobilization will not, repeat not, be at the expense of frontline communities, which is those communities that have received an undue amount of exposure to the toxic pollution created by the fossil fuel industry. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to ensure that frontline communities receive the benefits of a just transition? It says here that there is no doubt that the poor and marginalized suffer from the impacts of pollution and climate disruption, particularly communities of color. They are at the front lines of the climate emergency. For example, 
Of the 73 waste-burning incinerators across the United States, an astounding 79% are located within three miles of low-income and minority neighborhoods, which are exposed to mercury, lead, and soot. And you may recall that I, I read this very same thing last time. It's not a mistake. You're not inadvertently listening to the same thing. I just like a little bit of repetition so we can review what we talked about last time. And so I'm continuing to read. The Green New Deal is not only a serious climate plan, but an opportunity to uproot historical injustices and inequities to advance social, racial, and economic justice, including redressing the exclusion of black, brown, and Native American and other vulnerable communities from the programs that made up the original Green New Deal. So, that's kind of a premise, a preamble to this section, and now we get into the actions. As President Bernie will do the following things, and we have letters A through LMNOPQ, uh, looks like we have through letter Q, so that's about number 18 in the alphabet, maybe 16. So we have about 16 items of what a, what President Bernie Sanders will do in order to sh- ensure that frontline communities receive a just transition. Letter A, we will ensure an inclusive, comprehensive process from start to finish. Workers and communities on the front line of fossil fuel extraction, transportation, and use, and those most vulnerable to climate impacts, must be involved from the creation and implementation of regulations and protocols to the distribution of funds carrying out the work of the Green New Deal. In other words, solutions will not be imposed upon people in frontline communities, but rather people in frontline communities will have every opportunity to tell how they think these programs should be implemented. Next paragraph. As President Bernie will follow environmental justice principles. It says here, it is unfortunate uh, it's, it's an unfortunate reality. Well, first, first, back up. Environmental justice principles. So let me talk a little bit about environmental justice. So, you know, justice comes down to a few basic principles. One basic principle is that if I negligently or intentionally harm somebody, then I should have to pay I should have to compensate for that harm. And if I am a danger to society, then I should probably be locked up or, or somehow society should be protected from me if I am a dangerous person. But just the environmental justice means that the law should operate to prevent harm especially harm to the vulnerable by the strong. The strong should not be able to harm the weak. The rich should not be able to harm the poor. So environmental justice gets back to some very basic things. And, you know, environmental injustices 
are caused when the rich are able to injure the poor and get away with it. Environmental injustices are caused when the strong are able to harm the weak and get away with it. So we need to get back to some very basic things. We're kind of accustomed to the idea that if you injure somebody, you can get sued. But those rules often don't apply to those who have lots of money and can rig the system in their favor. So that's why it says, as president, Bernie will follow environmental justice principles. It says here, it is an unfortunate reality that institutional racism also impacts environmental health and thus the public health and safety of millions of low-income families, people of color, and tribal communities. African American and Latinx communities deal with 56% and 63% more air pollution than they create. Tribal lands are only 4% of the United States land base, yet a quarter of our nation's 1,300 Superfund hazardous waste sites. In other words, tribal lands are approximately five or six times more likely to be a site of toxic waste, hazardous waste. And in addition, the vast majority of our abandoned uranium mines are in Indian country. Additionally, federal leasing of public lands for fossil fuels extraction significantly impacts numerous indigenous communities that share more than 3,000 miles of contiguous border with national forest lands. So the prevailing theme that we see over and over and over and over and over is that people of color are, and, and indigenous tribes are much more likely to experience toxic waste and all the health problems that go with that. Is that right? Is it just? Is it fair? Of course not. And we're, li- we're, we're taught that we live in the land of opportunity. We're taught that we live in the land of the American dream. We're taught that we have so much freedom that we should be exporting our freedom to other people, We've, uh, other peoples around the world. We've been taught that we have so much democracy that we are justified in exporting democracy to other people around the world. I like the title of a book by William Bloom. It says, Democracy, America's Deadliest Export. Democracy is America's deadliest export. We have killed more people in the name of democracy than you are ever led to believe. Millions upon millions upon countless millions of people have died because the United States pretends to be exporting democracy around the world when all it is really doing is exporting empire. That's another topic. Foreign policy is another topic, but also it's not because we are taught foreign policy in such a way that leads many people to believe that the United States has a special role to play in the world. Every empire says that. Every empire teaches people that, that we are 
have a special place in history and we have a special role when it comes to exporting our values and our way of life around the world. And the average citizen has no clue about the number of people that we have killed, not just in war, but also poverty is deadly. Gandhi said poverty is the greatest form of violence because poverty causes lots of people to die needlessly. And the United States is the cause of a lot of that poverty. Not the people of the United States, but the government of the United States and the and therefore the rich people and the corporations that control our government are responsible for a great deal of, of deaths due to war and deaths due to poverty and its many manifestations, including starvation, uh, dying of, of thirst, dying of kidney failure because you don't have enough water to drink, dying of preventable diseases. Thousands of children die every day because of preventable uh, bacterial, preventable diseases related to diarrhea. And those conditions are typically not often or sometimes, but typically, those conditions typically are the direct result of American empire. I'm saying that in order to get through this crisis, we need to question and repudiate many of the myths that we've talked that we that we've been taught about what the United States is all about. Next sentence says. As President Bernie will ensure the full and equal enforcement of all environmental, civil rights, and public health laws and aggressively prosecute the violators. So what does that mean? What does it mean to ensure the full and equal enforcement of all environmental, civil rights, and public health laws and aggressive, aggressive prosecution of violators? Well, maybe... We have laws on the books that are not being fully enforced or equally enforced. Maybe, just maybe, if you live in a poor neighborhood and you're trying to keep a toxic waste dump out of your neighborhood or you're trying to get people to clean up the mess that they have made, maybe, just maybe, you can't afford all the lawyers that rich white people can afford when it comes to getting toxic waste out of their neighborhoods. So it says here that hazardous waste sites, chemical and industrial plants, aging lead pipes, and decaying infrastructure that endanger the health of all citizens will be fully regulated to ensure the health and safety of all. The EPA's Office of Civil Rights will step up its investigations into alleged environmental justice violations, including corporate polluters, as well as the elected officials who enable them. When it talks about elected officials enabling them, I think it's talking about possible corruption. You know, there should be rules against doing the bidding of any company that has given to your campaign so we're going to strictly enforce the rules we're going to equitably 
enforce the rules. We're going to enforce the rules that are on the books. So this gets into issues like environmental justice. It gets into issues like environmental racism. And the courts could, if they were so inclined, look at things like environmental racism. But those kinds of claims are hard to get. Uh, it's hard to prosecute actions that are based on environmental racism. It should be easier to prosecute such cases, but that's going to take uh, some bullying from the president. It's going to take some uh, enacting the right legislation in terms of uh, what Congress is willing to do. And, you know, we're going to have a society that's based on justice or not. And if we do have a society that's based on justice, then we have a fair shot at a promising future. But if we are willing to impose injustice upon vulnerable peoples at home and abroad, then there is not much that the universe is going to do for us. It's just one of those issues where what goes around comes around. You know, there's a fine line between, between cruelty and stupidity. And what we've got going on now is, you know, a lot of cruelty at home and around the world. Unspeakable cruelty at the hands of the United States government, not because government is bad, but because it is being controlled by the very few, the very rich, the very privileged. And lots of cruelty going on, lots of people dying whether it's directly at the hands of a gun or whether it's because of environmental devastation caused by the military or environmental devastation caused by industry or whether it's people dying because of poverty caused by the United States of America. So it's getting to the point where what goes around comes around if we are going to be murderous, then that also means being suicidal. And by we, I don't mean you and me, I mean the powers that be. If the powers that be in the United States are going to be murderous, then they are going to bring that catastrophe down on their own heads, and they're going to take us with them. That needs to stop. They need to be stopped, and... We need to change the situation where the people don't get to rule. We need for the people to be able to rule. And we need to kick off the throne the people that are there without any legitimacy whatsoever. That's why things like environmental justice are important. That's why things like environmental racism is important. Letter E. As president, Bernie will ensure that Green New Deal jobs and job training resources are made available to low-income and disadvantaged communities equitably and ensure equal access to clean energy, electrification, efficiency, and transportation funding, grants, and other incentives. We will promote cleaner manufacturing and materials recycling, safe conditions for farm workers, and, clean, and a clean energy economy while providing safe, healthy job sites and other economic benefits to people of color.
So one thing that jumps off at me here is uh, health, safe, healthy job sites, providing safe, healthy job sites and other economic benefits to people of color. You know, why are we even having to talk about people being entitled to safe, healthy working conditions. People should be entitled to safe, healthy working conditions. And the reason that people are deprived of safe, healthy working conditions is that we have a system that puts profits over people. We have a government that puts profits over people because our government is controlled by the very few, the very rich, the very privileged if our government were controlled by the people instead of the very few, the very rich, the very privileged, then we would ha be having a different conversation, but we wouldn't be having a conversation about the need to give people healthy job sites. That's the kind of thing that should just be provided in any society that purports to be a beacon, a beacon of freedom and justice. The United States purports to be a beacon of freedom and justice, but if you have to go to an unsafe, unhealthy workplace, are you free? I think you'll agree with me that if you have to go to an unsafe, unhealthy workplace, you are not free. Let's go to the next paragraph. As President Bernie will focus job training and local hiring to reflect the racial and gender diversity of the community receiving federal investments. In other words, you're not going to have hiring that unduly uh, benefits people of privilege uh, at the expense of people of color. So it says here, federal procurement will prioritize minority and women-owned businesses, cooperatives, and employee-owned firms, and community-owned and municipal enterprises. Programs such as historically underutilized business zones will be expanded under the Green New Deal to promote job growth in economically distressed communities. So the thing about this paragraph that makes me the most excited is well, the, the federal government has a tremendous amount of power in its procurement function, and that is something that the president can do. So, for example, one of the reasons we have seatbelts is that the federal government said we are only going to buy cars that have seatbelts in them. So in that case, you know, there may have been laws passed that said cars have to have safety belts. But initially, it's that the government said, we are only going to buy cars that have seat belts in them. The government has a tremendous amount of power without necessarily engaging or involving Congress. So when the government says we're going to uh, prioritize cooperatives and employee-owned firms and worker self-directed enterprises, that would be strong incentive to, uh, to have a, a democratic workplace and workplaces that are by and for the workers, workplaces that are by and for the people of the community. It also includes community-owned and municipal enterprises. So, for example, Louisville has LG&E, Louisville Gas and Electric. It is a for-profit 
business. Uh, it's a monopoly from which we have to buy our electricity. So we have to buy electricity that is arguably overpriced. We have to buy electricity from a an organization that is not only that that is doing very little to usher in the era of renewable energy. We have to buy our electricity from an organization that is is opposing solar energy at every step of the way. So this is saying here that the federal procurement, we will prioritize businesses like utilities, for example, that are owned by the workers or owned by the community. Because these are things that have input that is more democratic in nature. It's businesses that are by and for the stakeholders instead of being by and for the stockholders. Next paragraph says we're going to update permitting rules that allow polluters to target poor communities for polluting infrastructure. In other words, we're not going to allow polluters to target uh, poor communities. It says here, cumulative environmental impacts will be measured and we will require polluters to remediate them. Precaution for the health and safety of our children and planet should be valued above profit. So it says here we are going to uh, measure cumulative environmental impacts. In other words, if people have been living in a community for 20 years and they have much more levels of toxicity in their blood and in their body fat than do people who do not live in that community, then that way we will know that polluters are targeting poor communities, and we're not going to allow that to happen. We are, in fact, going to value children and the planet over profit. Imagine that. Next paragraph says we're going to ensure that all agencies abide by Executive Order 12898, which, according to the EPA, requires agencies to identify and address the disproportionately high and adverse human health or environmental effects of their actions on minority and low-income populations to the greatest extent practicable and permitted by law. So we are going to measure the health impacts of business operations on poor and low-income communities. And this particular language is saying that we are going to require that all agencies, all agencies, all agencies of the federal government abide by executive order 12898, which requires that you look for problems, you identify problems, you look for problems, you look for impacts on human health as a result of the environmental impact uh, of the actions of any corporation, any operations, fossil fuel companies, utilities, manufacturing, distribution. We're going to, so, so, you know, the first thing you do is you have to monitor, you have to identify the problem. And all agencies will be required to monitor 
any uh, businesses or operations under their purview and look for disproportionately high and adverse health impacts on minority and low-income populations. Got about less than a minute left. Let me leave you with something to think about. All we're talking about here is justice. All we're talking about here is the very basics of treating people the way you would want to be treated. You know, we have a country that's supposedly a Christian nation, but we do we want to do anything other than that golden rule. You know, the golden rule how to is is the mandate to treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, if you really believe that, then let's enact that into law. As Cornell West says, uh, justice is what love looks like in public. That's all the time we have. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. Have a great day.